The following podcast is a Super Network and Pop 4D production with your hosts, Super Marcy. Because you know, like usually after 2B Tuesdays, I'm going to order some fried chicken. The terrible Australian B. Jemine. Professor Batch. It's much Batch smoking. Uh, wedding yes. group. It contains coarse and explicit language. I mean, he probably gave her filled with beer so he could suck them out of it. Mature themes. Now, is it two fingers and then the pinky to hit the button? Or yes. <laughs> Yeah, you gotta do that. You gotta put two fingers in there and then the finger goes into the slot to make sure the coins are in there. And potential spoilers. Spoiler alert. For more, please visit supermarcy.com and show your support at patreon.com slash the super network. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the 2B Tuesdays podcast, a co-production from the Super Network and Pop4D. This is the podcast where we go on the free streaming service Tubi at tubitv.com and find a random film and do an audio commentary slash watch along for it. This is episode 48, and we are the number one Tubi-related podcast that's hosted by two Australians and one Canadian I am your host, Super Marcy, and as we were meant to have our Patreon voted pick for episode 48, it has now been moved to our next episode at episode 49, as we have something very special for this episode. But before we get into that, let me introduce my trusty co-host. He is the one who is terrible, or maybe not. He is Bede Jemine. Hello, Bede. How are you? I'm good, thanks, Marcy. How are you? Doing good, doing good. Thanks, Speed. Indeed, indeed. It's uh, Christmas time, or at least it still is by the time of this recording, and uh, we're all getting into the spirit. And like you said, Marcy, uh, this episode was meant to be our Patreon picks episode. However, something came up, which was uh, a pretty awesome thing came up at the last minute that uh, we definitely had to do for this episode rather than the Patreon one. And I'm excited for all of our listeners to listen to this episode. Yes, me too. I'm very excited. We have a first for the 2B Tuesdays podcast. However, our usual co-host, the Canadian portion of the show, is not here today. B, do you know why Professor Batch is missing? Indeed, indeed. From what I gather, uh, Craven was up to his shenanigans once again and decided to... Like, he saw the movie that we were doing mm. the episode on tonight and decided to dress up as a Scarecrow Santa Claus and abduct uh, Batch during the night. And uh, so far, we're trying to negotiate uh, uh, Batch's release. Hopefully, yes. our negotiating tactics may, you know, end this much quicker. But I know the person negotiated to get the job done. I sent Louise Lasser. <laughs> 
Yes. <laughs> to Craven's house, and currently she's trying to negotiate his release by using both a rotary phone, a bottle of red wine, and also a vacuum cleaner. Yes, and I do believe Craven was a bit sour uh, over the uh, one of the recent episodes of Web Tales. So he's just really angry about a lot of podcasts and he's taking his revenge on Batch, but hopefully Louise Lassa can free the Batch. Indeed, indeed. But, uh, yeah, so unfortunately, yeah, Batch won't be here tonight due to his kidnapping, but hopefully he will, will be set free and rejoin us for the Patreon Picks episode next. Yes, and we are leading up to episode 50, so it's all very exciting here on the 2B Tuesdays podcast, but we are here today with a very special guest and i'm slightly nervous because this is a first for our speed indeed it is uh first time we've ever had a guest who's actually a part of the film we're going to be uh, doing an audio commentary on yeah i i i um i'm a little worried because our podcast is a bit crazy because Half the time, we don't know what we're watching, but uh, we do know what we're watching today because we did we did prepare to watch it. And, uh, yeah, we'll introduce our guest and the film that we are watching and we'll be talking about. So please welcome our guest. He is the writer and director of the film Stuffings, which we are watching today. So please welcome Matthew J. Wilkinson. Hello. Hello. Hi, thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> Welcome to the madness of 2B Tuesdays. Yeah, that, that introduction made me just as nervous. So <laughs> I don't think I've ever sat down with people either and had them break down my film in front of me. So <laughs> this will be fun. Don't worry, we'll be very kind uh, on this episode. <laughs> well, well, hopefully we are. Yes. <laughs> I can't guarantee it, but we'll try. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but uh, yeah, for I guess this is kind of almost a sneak peek for our dedicated listeners that um, your film Stuffings will actually be up on Tubi in the near future, so people can keep an eye out for that. Very exciting. Tubi is probably, I think, all of our favourite streaming service. It is. Like, I mean, we <laughs> built an entire podcast around Tubi, Marcy, so. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's free and they have a great library and, you know, we just sit through some ads. It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we, we are not watching an ad version, so uh, we don't have to worry about that for today, thankfully. Yeah. Yes. Thankfully. I, uh, I'm just really nervous, sorry. <laughs> I'm totally nervous. We're all nervous. Everyone can hear us being nervous. Um, but before we get started, um, tell us a little bit about what the film is about. Oh, okay. Kind of, kind of, you know, themed at this time of year, the Christmas yeah. period. Yeah, well, I, I never really set out to make a Christmas film, to be quite honest, but uh, here, here it is. Um so we're, we're really going to watch a film about, uh, well, I sort of think there's two films here at play. There's one about a sort of commentary on, I guess, uh, social media and, mm-hmm. and uh, what fame kind of really is defined as, particularly on with, uh, with YouTube and, and social media and sort of, sort of to me, it's uh, kind of a, I was wanting to ask the question about what it's like when the uh, the camera turns off and, you know, when are you really yourself and, when you're acting mm. um and so we're going to watch this couple that are going to descend into the adelaide hills and uh 
looking to obviously one of the characters is looking for every hits and like button he can get from uh, from his uh, fan base. So he's happy to kind of do whatever. But they're going to come stumbling into a a bit of a a town or a community with a bit of a secret that they've got to protect the 25th of December. Oh, <laughs> yes, it is very intriguing and it's very. Uh, what's the right word? I was going to say it's relatable, but I'm not sure that was the word I was going for. <laughs> it's relevant. That's the word. It's yes. relevant because we have so many people just obsessed with their online self-image that they will literally run into a weird town that, <laughs> you know, who knows what's going on. Just just for clicks and likes and whatever else they uh, do on social media. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's, it's very much so when you bring up, you know, and you see some video and it's like, you know, I cooked a thousand pancakes in five minutes or something. You're yeah. like, oh, okay. So you, you've gone to, like, everyone's looking for something out there to get their, their big hit base. And yeah, it's, it's, it's like, how do you up the stakes every time is, is sort of, I guess, was something that came into question when I was doing this, not that my characters really do anything elaborate. I think that was sort of part of it too, is that mm. like, there's a lot of YouTube stuff where it's just people going on vacation and you're watching yeah. it and it still pulls a huge amount of viewership. So um, yeah, I, I guess the thing for me too was, you know, as someone who went to film school, I, I actually remember being at film school and um, you know, the YouTube community hadn't really taken off at that mm. point. And it was sort of seen a bit like, like when we were at film school, you sort of looked at YouTube and you went, that's kind of just what they used to do on Funniest Home Videos. Like exactly. It was just the, that's the low end stuff. We don't consider that artistic. Mm. And now it's like you don't even have to have a film degree if you want millions of people to watch you. You just no. need to have your little substance that people are going to come after. So, yeah, it definitely was sort of almost my own personal reflection on that transition I've gone through from you know, you go and you do an educated degree in this stuff and then suddenly everyone can do it anywhere, anytime, doesn't matter. So you sort of feel, there's almost a feeling of redundancy on my part at times where you're like, oh, all right, well, that, <laughs> well, that yeah. works well. <laughs> and, and meanwhile, we're, we're just, we're sitting here like, yeah, we'll we'll get all our, um, our, uh, what's the right word I'm trying to think? We'll get all our uh, clicks uh, and likes on uh, yes. watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, no, like, I mean, I think it's 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 interesting, I suppose, just how I think the other thing too is there's this on run, running the on running commentary on how YouTube videos are now actually put together. You can see it. There's they're actually following a script, all of them, regardless of what their their sort of subject matter is. Um, you know, it is about there's a there's you know the script of like and subscribe. Like you got to yes. get that line in there. And yeah. and there's just certain beats that they now become commonplace of YouTube. That sort of there's a there's a uh, a lack of sort of uh, almost originality in a way because mm. you're all now following a script and you're all looking for sponsorship and et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, yeah. it is. It's what it's built. It's basically built and become. Yeah, and I think I think it this actually does a really good job of showing all that. I there was I was when I did watch it in prep, I was laughing out loud at some of the gags because <laughs> it's just it's so true. And then, you know, obviously we run a podcast. We're not um, you know, on doing much on YouTube aside from our podcast stuff at the moment. But yeah, we find ourselves doing the same script like 
oh, please remember to check us out here. And <laughs> it's just like, oh, God, do we really sound like that? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, Marcy, Beck and Andy, outside, like ours is sort of our relationship is very much platonic, but I could just relate to us being Beck and Andy throughout this whole movie. A little bit, a little bit. <laughs> but um, we will get started and we'll start yes. watching. Um, so people will be able to watch along when it is on Tubi or they can obviously find the film uh, through uh, Bounty in Australia. And, uh, yeah, we'll we'll get started and continue just chatting about what we're watching and the Adelaide Hills and, uh, you know, for our international listeners, you can learn a bit more about uh, some things in Australia. So let's do it. We'll hopefully not have too much volume so we can hear each other. <laughs> All right. Are we ready to watch Stuffings with its own director and writer? <laughs> Why not? I, let's do this. All right, Bede. Count, count down and we'll start the movie. It's indeed. I count us down in five, four, three, two, one, go. Please work. There we go. And there's the bounty logo. And hello to Leslie. <laughs> <laughs> and there's something really tacky and stupid that. Oh God, I can't even read. What's wrong? With that? <laughs> well, it's a good way to start because this is like something like this hot this opening text. Pretty much does seem like something like, oh, some random person would have wrote on the internet. It does. It does. And yeah. it, sets the, it sets the tone. Well, because you can get any inspirational quote off the internet. So I just, you know. Exactly. And and you can credit any any quote you want to literally yeah. anybody. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm sure we've been misquoted a few times. Yeah. We've probably misquoted ourselves, um, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sorry. Um, oh, I was going to say, like, uh, that's all right. Well, I was going to say, basically, like, we'd take one of our quotes from one of our shows and I'll just put Mahatma Gandhi at the bottom of it. <laughs> who quoted it. Yes, he was he was questioning his life choices after watching Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny. Yes. <laughs> i got to say, Matthew, this is, uh, with the film, this is an interesting way to start off the film because it's also kind of very disorientating because since we're only mm. hearing voiceover, mm-hmm. like even I have to admit when I first started watching the film and thinking, is there something wrong with my coffee? <laughs> because there's nothing going on, like a quick flash or something, and then, it, then it's just still voiceover. Right, right. Yeah, I, I, I think the thing was, you know, another thing that sort of, I guess, with social media and everything to me was the 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 debate about silence and and I don't know what it is like I guess sometimes I am trying to be a little deeper in my films than than I've got the budget for but I, I think because I was playing on the whole social social media aspect of it all um I I kind of thought like let's start the film off with not like a bang and a and an explosion kind of thing let's start it off in this sort of like wait like there's there's you you know where am I meant to focus my attention all of a sudden? So, mm. and then and then lead into obviously that this is the the countdown leading into the the night of the townsfolk being selected to undertake their task. So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I guess I was just raising a little. Adelaide crows, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but that's the thing I really what I really responded to about the film is the way how it starts up is like at first you're like wait. 
like what is going on what why is there like a lotto going on with these people like what is the context and i think that's what i think for anyone who's watching the film it just instantly draws you in as yeah, a viewer it, it does actually it's, it's very mysterious because it's Christmas time and the, the lady's got like the Christmas baubles, but it's actually like a kind of lottery. And you're like, wait, what? What's going on? Yeah, well, I guess that was it. Like, I, I didn't want to jump straight into Beck and Andy straight away without having some sort of community backstory to, to obviously propel this thing forward. Um, and so uh, the the thing, the other thing about this too is there's sort of that moral implication going on of like, which character, like, by the end of the film, tell me which character actually is meant to be the hero and who's the villain and who was making a moral mm. choice to, you know, save one person over or sacrifice one for a greater mm. good and all that. So to me, every one of these characters kind of has a confliction that they're not they're not necessarily bad people, but they're sort of put in a bad position. Yeah. Is and what I was sort of going for. And I think you really get that towards the end. It's like, is there even really a hero? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I, I do like the weird, like, Scarecrow Santas. Is that, like, actually based on anything? Yeah. These, these, these shots here that you see of these some of these Scarecrow Santas are, are legitimate ones from last Christmas. Um, and so every, every – I don't know how long this has been going on for, but in the Adelaide Hills here, particularly down on the south side of the Adelaide Hills, they will put the, these Santa statue Scarecrows up and about two years ago, I was driving back home and I passed one and it just scared the hell out of me because it was just, it you know, was. on the side of the road in the <laughs> middle of the dark. And I thought, oh, there's something weird about that. So I, I felt like that's kind of what inspired me in the first place was being scared by something that just seemed so out of place. And, you know, that's the thing about Christmas in Australia to begin with. It's so out of place in the context of we don't have winter snow and everything. No. The big Santa on the side of the road in a scorching summer is a bit like, what the hell is that? So. Yeah, no, we have a very different uh, Christmas because even even here we we grow up or we get used to, like, white Christmas. It's like, no, we don't have white Christmas. We have 40-degree Christmas. <laughs> and yeah. it's, so, it's so bizarre for everybody else to see what an Aussie Christmas is like. But... Um, you know, I am from Adelaide originally, and I've been through the Adelaide Hills, and I don't remember ever seeing one of these creepy Santa things. Yeah, we'll see that it's getting bigger and bigger. There's more and more people that are yeah. doing it in the area now. So, um, but yeah, and and that's the thing. They are like they are not they're not good to look at, and that's why the the starting line here with uh, with Isabella, who's playing Hannah, is says, you know, it looks like crap. Because they did. They, yeah. they do look like crap. <laughs> that, that's such a funny line, which they like, looked like crap. And I thought she does a really good job in this yeah. film sort of coming up. Um, we sort of see her here, but then she is more prominent later. But these things are creepy. <laughs> I don't like them. Adelaide, start changing. This is why, this is why people think weird of Adelaide. In South Australia, yeah. seriously. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's changed since uh, when did I leave or leave? I moved in two thousand eight, so I'm sure things have changed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're just just finding new ways to make the place awkward and, and creepy. Yeah. Obviously, I just always get asked about Snowtown. Still, that's still common talking right? point of Adelaide. Yeah. It is, and I, I definitely have stories about that. But um, on, on the movie, we have <laughs> oh, yeah. our YouTube stars. 
uh, Beck and Andy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know how to say this, but Andy's a dick. <laughs> oh, good. You got the point. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, dude, can I punch you in the face? Yeah. Not the actor, the character. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh. I'm, because, I'm um, the actor is lovely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Daniel fully embraced it too. He knew exactly what he was playing. He 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 knew exactly what this character had to be because he was like, I know this. I've like, you know, he had seen enough stuff on YouTube also to go, oh, I know exactly how to pull this off. Yeah. So. He, he, I think he does it way too well. It's scary. <laughs> But even then, like, all their YouTube content is just eerily accurate to a lot of the stuff I've seen on YouTube over the years from the YouTube content creators. Yeah. Well, the kangaroo shot here had to be just thrown in to remind people we were in Australia (laughs) (laughs) for the overseas audience. But, uh, yeah, like, and that was the thing. I just – Dan and Kat here who were playing Beck and Andy, I I got them, like, when I put out audition casting calls, they were one of the first – sort of couple friends to audition for me and immediately it was a case of that's them mm. so I got them so quickly it was it was like I, I I was almost more nervous that I was going to lose them you know and have to find someone else so I, I grabbed them as quickly as I could to be Beck and Andy and this a lot of this stuff you're seeing right now in this montage they kind of I just gave them a list of go and film this go film this go oh, film wow. this and they just went out and did it on their own accord so really as much as I gave them sort of some direction i let them actually get in the car and go and film all this stuff wow and they have really and they do have really good chemistry with each other as well they do yeah and that was the thing when i put up the audition um casting call i was looking for people who knew each other i i actually i thought that'd be a lot easier particularly if you're gonna go and send them away on their own to film something i thought get two friends get two people that know each other so they can have this you know, what you can feel that that's a, a genuine relationship going on. Yeah, they they both play off each other really, really well. And I think, obviously, with them knowing each other beforehand, I think that kind of adds to the dynamic. But, you know, it, it could have easily been Bede and myself. We, we could have <laughs> sure. been in your movie if, um, you know, we're in, we're in South Australia. I mean, I obviously would have been Andy. <laughs> I, I yeah, think I'll just have to... I'm the villain of the story, sorry. <laughs> I'll just have the, the little like the hair done up like uh, Beck does in the scene that's what I'll do the Andy character actually was loosely and I say loosely based I suppose inspired by a little bit was um was Kurt Russell's character in um, Big Trouble in Little China oh. and the fact that he never does anything and if you watch right. Kurt Russell in Big Trouble Little China, he doesn't doesn't do anything to save the day. It was very little, little, very little input into his, his decision making. Right. And Andy was a bit like that. It's like, here's a character who's just completely useless. And I'm just gonna let that go throughout the whole film. <laughs> yeah. And there's there's nothing wrong with being inspired by anything Kurt Russell does. Uh, <laughs> here on our super network of uh um podcasts and everything, Kurt Russell is like god tier yes yes that's it <laughs> it's a shame you could, andy should have had more of a mullet <laughs> <laughs> would have made him even more punchable see, see, these are ideas that you should have for the sequel Matt. if you ever make a sequel 
sequel, but there you go, yeah. Oh, God, I'm having Adelaide flashbacks on the road. Yeah. Well, this, this little bit, I actually added this more in so people could grasp the scope a little bit of, of Adelaide um, from leaving the city into the hills, just so it kind of gave a bit of a geography. Yeah. Scope on it all. Um, and, Definitely. yeah. Um, it's like flashbacks to my early 20s right now. It's like I'm <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, it's it's like, oh, my God, I'm, like, literally back there because I used to go from, oh, where did I live? Like, McGill oh, yeah. area and had a DJ DJing gig with my then boyfriend up in, like, Harndorf, I think. And then his parents live, like, up in, oh, I can't remember, one of those towns up past like Mount Gambier and that so going through the hills was like week every week and then growing up my uncle lived in Mount Gambier so we'd go there every week so it's like <laughs> lots, of, lots of memories of doing the the, the freaking trips <laughs> but then moving to Melbourne it's like eh, it wasn't that far to be fair yeah to be fair <laughs> everything's far away in Melbourne but, yeah, sorry, I'm just like, I don't want to take over. I'm just very excited because it's absolutely... Well, I, I know this whole footage is, like, it's one continuously long footage. Like, Matthew, how long, like, if if this was not sped up, how much footage was there from Lee hmm. at the very start oh, of the sequence well, to getting to here? Yeah, well, that sequence goes from me off South Road in the CBD all the way past Harndorf there. Um, so yeah. that's probably, what, a 25, 30-minute 30 30 minutes. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking that, yeah. Yeah, um, and I think I had a lot more footage there. Like, I kept the GoPro obviously going until I sort of mm. got back home. So there was a lot more there that I could have added, but, you know, you, <laughs> it had to be a cut point there at some point. So, um, yeah, no, I that, that was actually the last thing ever filmed, actually, was that. Ah. Yeah, yeah. And the reason you can tell is because everything else here is shot in summer. This is mm. literally shot kind of about now, this time this year in December, where... It's obviously very dry, and that last shot there with the the car, the one thing that gives it away that it was done in autumn is that driving through Handorf, the trees have gone yeah. red. So, <laughs> yeah. So that's the only and, thing that yeah, that's the one thing I can say about that shot. <laughs> yeah. That's why I had to speed it up so nobody could notice. No one But yeah. Handorf is is really lovely. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's it's, so it's, much it's, time spent there. Seriously. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, I'm sad. I never saw one of these weird, creepy Santas. Yeah, it must just be something that's now just started what? taking traction here in the Adelaide Hills in the last, I don't know, five to ten years, I guess. Yeah, I can imagine, like, it's something, I guess, because it's not like we can build snowmen. Yes. No, no. <laughs> well, that's actually, the big... Oh, sorry, go ahead, look, sorry, I was just going to say, it doesn't look too, too dry. It looks quite green. Has Adelaide somehow gotten more, like, rain since <laughs> I left 12 years ago? Because it was, did not look that green ever. Well, yeah, it's. I think the, the, here in the Adelaide Hills, the last two win, uh, summers have felt more like a winter than mm -hmm. they haven't been overly. We've had a couple of hot days. Um, but even here, you know, like this is the shot you're seeing here on the, on the you know, this was a cold, overcast day 
in the middle of December last year. So it had dried out, but it hadn't. It, there was still definitely um, places where there was pockets of green, and it's been the same this year too, actually. So um, yeah. not the it's not the harshest of driest of Australian summers, but I guess yeah. it still gives the idea and the picture of it all. Yeah, it just looks really great. Like, it's really good to see. I mean, considering we've had, you know, everywhere in the country, like the bushfires the last few years mm. and, you know, several droughts everywhere. But, it, yeah, it's, like, really, really nice to to see. And it's going <laughs> to have a beer while he cleans up the, the, the wall. I was going to call it fur, and I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> Oops wrong one <laughs> but I, I do kind of like the flashes between like the these people in the town who obviously have to do things they don't really want to do but that's kind of their task with and you could see yeah they think it's they don't want to but they do because they know they have to kind of yeah. interesting originally like I, because I knew I had no money whatsoever when making this film I mean the whole budget was six grand and you know two of that was just camera hire so two grand went to camera hire another two grand was like costumes and props and feeding people on set yeah and then another two grand was really the post-production music and and some you know sound effects and filters or whatever you needed to get the the end product done so my original idea was was it was all going to be like found footage i was going to go down that path where you only saw from beck and andy's gopro or phone Mm. And then I realized, like, I reminded myself how much those films really kind of annoy me. <laughs> like, <laughs> there's a certain point where I'm like, I don't want to keep watching your, like, mm. handy cam, throw it all around kind of stuff. It gets, you know, like, you know, on a repeating viewing, like, you, you try to rewatch, like, the Blair Witch Project, and it's kind of like, oof, it's, it's kind of hard to do at times. Um, and so that was the thing. I kind of realized that I couldn't do a complete found footage film I had to go back to a narrative at some point where you saw other characters sort of something's happening we're going to lead into something more down the track yeah it's kind of the um situation like having sort of knowing this other story that's going on with the townsfolk and all that that's like we know that something's happening but with Beck and Andy they're unaware of what's happening and that provides kind of more suspense for the story yeah, well, that that's it. Like, hopefully now you've kind of, yeah, that I guess that was it. It was kind of trying to bring these sort of par- these storylines into that they're going to clash into each other at a certain point in time. So, yeah, I think I think again that was where I was trying to look for, you know, obviously, obviously the film isn't the most original thing on the planet, but then I guess you're trying to find original ways to then bring characters together or yeah. or mm. have that that merger happen. So it's it's not just a standard slasher film it's sort of then there's a little bit more character depth going on as to how these people will run into one another Mm. yeah it's actually it sort of does tie in later on with you know why they are on this little adventure yeah (laughs) and now here are more creepy creepy santas yes so my god Yeah, we, we made about six or seven of these fake ones that we put around ourselves. And then there's actually someone in that one. Oh, wow. There's actually a person. Yeah, there's a person inside that one. Um, <laughs> Amazing. So, um, yeah, we, 
I don't know. Like again, it, it like in terms of like, oh, where did the design element of these Santas come from? It literally was just a case of me driving around the hills, looking on the yeah. side of the road, going, "All right, I see you've used duct tape and you've used some paper mache. <laughs> All right, check." <laughs> like that's literally, I just copied what everyone else had been doing. So. <laughs> They're still creepy. <laughs> I do like how authentic they actually look. Like you could definitely mm. say these aren't like you know sort of. Like these are definitely made like like an everyday person would have made yeah. these like Santa Clauses. They're not like something, you know, like a big special effects company made up these prop ones that you would never actually see in real life. Like mm. these ones, you can definitely if you're out in the bush somewhere, you're like, oh yeah, there's a creepy homemade looking Santa Claus scarecrow over there. <laughs> oh God, this thing with all the love hearts. <laughs> Now back to the our poor now, young lady running. Now, Matthew, I got asked. Now I I don't know if this was maybe I'm completely wrong, but in that shot back there when they're taking the photo, was there someone in the back? Yes, in the bushes? yes, there was. Yeah, it was actually I, the stoppings. The the creature was back there. Yeah, because I looked at it. I was like, the first time I watched this film, I'm like, is there someone back there? Because it's like very quickly, and I sort of noticed it. I'm thinking, <laughs> is that part yeah. of the bush or is that the one ah, of the Santa Clauses back yeah, there. Yeah, I noticed it more this time that I'm like, no, there's definitely right behind. <laughs> I like the touch. <laughs> yeah, now, I, yeah. Yeah. Go sorry, on. go ahead. No, you go ahead. No, I just, I just think that was the thing. It was kind of like, how many times am I going to like lead on that there's this something following them around? I suppose so. Um, yeah, that we did two different takes of that. One where there was something in the background, one where there wasn't, and then in the end, I went with the one where there there was yeah. something in the background. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It definitely works. And also, and yeah, this, this tunnel. This tunnel, tunnel with the <laughs> Santa Claus in here. Now, this would scare the crap out of me if I was wandering through a tunnel and saw this, which I think you were saying before you were thinking about doing this as a found footage film. But I think it's good that you at least kept that little bit of found footage mm. style, especially in a scene like this. Yeah, and th- well, that's it. And then that was the thing. I was sort of being selective, I suppose, in what found footage stuff you would see. Um, and and something like this, yeah, like obviously that grittiness works a lot better in a in a shot like that where he's going to get the camera right up close to it. Um, yeah, th- that was there was the funny thing about that uh, tunnel there is just behind him here as they're coming out. There was a nest of uh, bees. Oh no! So we were like. We're like, okay, you're gonna go up, and then they'd run back to the bees. Oh no! So yeah, it was. There was a. I just remembered that that we had to like challenge ourselves to not run into bees while filming around that tunnel. Well, yeah, there's a lot of uh, things you probably got to look out for out that way. Yeah. Well, even yeah. There's another (laughs) shot coming up in us soon where Beck's gonna be getting out of the tent, and there was a brown snake (gasps) moments before we filmed. A brown snake slivered past behind her, and I didn't say anything because I was like, if I tell her right now that there's a brown snake in like that went past, she was not gonna be in a mindset to film. So after we finished the whole sequence, I I told her the story, and she's like, I'm really glad you didn't tell me a brown snake Mm. went past me. So yeah, we had all the elements there at some point. Yeah, I was thinking there there might have been brown snakes, but Mm. it's not just there when. Uh, when I was living in Campbelltown, there was a brown snake that nestled under the um, the water tank, and yeah. I called the snake catcher, 
But wouldn't you know, as soon as he arrived, that snake had gone to the neighbor's house. <laughs> so I think we gave him a heads up and that was it. But it was scary. I don't like that. It, it's it's their pro- problem now, Marcy. And being from a old, from a country town myself, I used to see brown snakes all the time. Mm, mm. I, I do like this bit here with the two girls on the uh, video call, and then in the middle of it, it's interrupted by an ad. Yeah, yeah. This is kind of like my RoboCop inspired moment, where you know how RoboCop would throw in a commercial here and yeah. there during the film, and and I guess because we were playing on social media and everything, mm-hmm. I mean we we like there's nothing worse now than you're watching like a YouTube video or something, and like there's two minutes of it left, and then they decide to throw a commercial at you, <laughs> and so yeah. I just thought, what's the next step in evolution here as to where they try and just throw another advert on you and I thought probably in your own personal chat yeah even right now if we were sitting here talking we just all got interrupted by a commercial (laughs) (laughs) we're we're pretty much used to that with Tubi Tuesdays and Tubi (laughs) you know we might watch a movie and we'll get no ad whatsoever we'll watch another one we're getting ads every 10 minutes that go for like five minutes it's like okay I love Tubi you're the best but or or the cases where we're getting towards the end like literally the movies end credits about me and then ad yeah (laughs) and there wouldn't have been an ad through the whole thing yeah (laughs) i i I like how we're already getting like the um their relationships kind of descending because she's just fed up with his shit (laughs) yeah well the funny thing is i would actually say that the the some of beck's dialogue is is almost kind of very much myself it's it's her kind of her way of trying to understand where i guess like you know where where when is an experience legitimate in a way Mm -hmm. like she's sort of sick of that system i suppose where it's sort of she's picked up this sort of fakeness you know if we're going around filming ourselves all the time when is the true genuine experience available to her um, because you're so focused then on filming and everything, you kind of miss your moment to enjoy what's actually Sorry, I had an audio cut out on me. Oh, there. that's all right. <laughs> yeah, I missed that last bit. Oh. Uh, Mars, see, we can't hear you. I've, we've lost her. <laughs> Don't worry, we're still recording. Oh, <laughs> and we can't even uh, and we can't edit this out because this is a live show. Hold on, give me one second. I shall save the day. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll just continue. Okay, sure. The... <laughs> can, you, can you hear me? On? Yes, I can hear you now. Okay, let me try back my normal one. Yes. <laughs> I'll just have to use my headphone ones because my normal one has decided to die. Uh-oh. Did you also pause the movie, Marcy? No, it's still going. Oh, okay. Oh, so so it's no, mine's frozen. Pro- pro- yeah, mine's okay. frozen too. All right. Well, I will stop sharing and I'll just reshare it. Yep. But as we do on Tubies, we don't edit shit. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're at the uh, last oh. part. There we go. Is it back on? Okay. Yes. 
Okay, apologies. Uh, well, I give a time stamp for our listeners out there. Who <laughs> yes, it's uh, 26.32. Yeah, it's because yeah. we had a conversation about adverts and the way this And then, see, yeah. see. It was like having an ad on Tubi. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it us. <laughs> yeah I don't know. It was, it was kept saying something with my microphone. I'm like, but it's plugged in. <laughs> I don't get it. But I, I was trying to say before all that happened, um... Just the, the stark difference between Beck just trying to enjoy her surroundings and Andy's just on his fucking phone watching videos. Yeah. And then he yeah, gets the idea to wet her with creek water. What an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, the, the whole, like, him throwing the water in her face is, it's like, you, you know, you watch YouTube videos and there's people that just, it's like stunt work or, or a prank and they get heaps of hits and here's Andy just like, oh, I need something that'll get hits. Here, I'll go and... You know, at the at the cost of my girlfriend, I'll go and embarrass her or or do something stupid. So it it shows where Andy's headspace is at compared to Beck's. That's for yeah, sure. it's completely different. Yeah, and it's like, I will say I will say this though: Andy is taking it pretty well that his laptop was thrown into the into the <laughs> little creek there. <laughs> if that was me, I would be freaking out. <laughs> So would I. The funny thing is, too, you don't see it in shot because it work, It actually works so well. When they threw the laptop, it, it looks like it just lands in sinks, but it actually skimmed along the cross at, at the top and landed right next to me. So, so we were able to do it again, but we That's, went with that tape because it worked so well. It does. And it's just like, he, he's just, I think he's more stunned. He's like, my laptop's gone. <laughs> Oh, well, he's going to um, have to chill out to uh, get more viewers and more advertisers to get a new one. <laughs> Although I did like his last line, uh, Matthew, that he wrote, but all my porn was on there. <laughs> <laughs> well, when we had the premiere, we when we were screening it in the cinema, that yeah, when he, he brought up the my porn was in there line, someone screamed out, back it up, mate, back it up on the cloud, you'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I excuse me. I think um I would have been more like, mate, you know you can stream it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, <And> hello. Now... <laughs> weird dating app thing. Swiper. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I had to. Well, again, if we're gonna make a mockery of. All forms of social media. We better have a dating app in there at some point. So. <laughs> it's just swiper, because what else do you do? You swipe. Oh, <laughs> that. Uh, look, the the thought of being in a tent is freaking me out. I've not been in a tent since I was a kid. That that tent is actually set up right here in my living room. That's that's where we film this bit. It's. Um, <laughs> We just popped it up here in the living room of my house and we filmed this bit um, on the end of one of the days. That's amazing. <laughs> I have to say, like, it's very impressive that you made this film for so little and it looks and flows, you know, really, really well. And, you know, we've watched a lot of stuff on this uh, podcast and uh, some of them had fairly decent budgets and they did not look anywhere near this good no offense oh. to them <laughs> oh well thank you <laughs> no well I, I think i think the trick was i 
I knew the, the camera I got was more like a documentary camera. Um, so I knew it was going to be, I, I, I don't think at this, besides obviously Beck and Andy putting their phones or GoPro on a tripod with, with me, I'm hand holding this thing the whole time. I don't think I ever put it down on a tripod at all. Um, and I decided, you know, it, it, I guess it just, it just allows you more time. It allows you to just mm. go gorilla style with it and get, get the shots done. Um, yeah, but and I think the thing for me when you've got no money and and you're working like yeah with literally nothing at your mm -hmm. disposal, um, it it really came down to me then that it was going to be a pace thing. It was going to be about the editing, yeah, and and having kind of I I feel like you know if if we didn't have two really good characters, it, you know, so much can be you can have a um, you know you can have a flash camera when you're making a no budget movie and it can look quite pretty. But if the characters aren't there, it just mm. it's, it's, it becomes quite dull and boring. So it really came down to the script. I feel, particularly fleshing out Beck and Andy, that was going to keep people watching. Yeah. Then, mm. then you can forgive some of the mistakes, I guess. And you know, for for me, there was no crew. I was pretty much one man doing everything on my own. People would pitch in like, "Here, hold this, hold that," but they mm. weren't they weren't filmmakers. Um, and so, you know, things like audio was a nightmare in, in post-production, trying to fix wind and get yeah. crackles and stuff. So, I mean, I'd always now say I, I want a sound recordist on, on set, but um, <laughs> we did the best we could. <laughs> okay, that shot was creepy with them just moving and then they slump. I'm like, no thanks. Give <laughs> you that extra piece. Yeah, that, that's just filmed in the paddock, uh, not far from from here actually, where I am. Um, a lot, yeah. of, a lot of the shooting is on just neighbors' properties. Like this house here is just a neighbor down the road from. Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just gotta, you know, be be extra nice to them, and they'll be like, yeah, you can film here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the neighbors had no idea what. They still don't know what the film is. They like you try to explain it to them, they're like, what? <laughs> 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 yeah, these weird, there's these weird Santa things. That's all you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, a really obnoxious YouTube guy. Yes. <laughs> see, see, all of uh, Andy's like problems about getting more viewers viewership would be completely and utterly fixed if he just let Beck beat the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs> That's they, they could have filmed that and got all the views. Because <laughs> at all the viewers, we'd be like, yeah, Beck, get him. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we could know that sort of behaviour. I'm just thinking because uh, Andy as a character is a bit of a dickhead. It would be just like the perfect <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he didn't get flogged in the face, unfortunately. Yes. <laughs> but that's what I think... Um, uh, uh, Daniel does such a great job as the character because you could definitely see why why Beck would obviously be attractive to attracted to him because he is a real a really charming, good looking guy. But of course, as the story progresses, we see how much of a self centered self centered person he is. That he he knows how to make that character character sorry uh, so hateable, but at the same time, you just can't help but be compelled by him as well mm. <laughs> he's yeah <kind> of like <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, no, I, I, I think that was the thing. I think Daniel did definitely brought that right balance where it, it was very much in, in his face. You know, it kind of was like it's like watching a, a kid like with this sort of excitement in his eyes all the time. <laughs> he's like a kid running around and he's just but he's also that kid that you need to yell at every now and then and tell him like you're you know, grow up. <laughs> so Yeah. <laughs> oh, the old uh, Suzuki. Yeah, so that so this is obviously now showing how the community is obviously trying to just lure people in as, as mm. sacrificial mutton, basically. Um, and now we've got a character here who is conflicted to you know to be able to do it. So, um, oh my so, god, that was <laughs> that delivery creeped me out. <laughs> I also like the fact that she's meant to be looking for another person to sacrifice, and so this guy comes along, which could. Obviously, any normal person would be like, you know, I'll sacrifice this character to stuffing, evil stuffing filled Santa Clauses. And she's like, no way, fuck off, dude. (laughs) (laughs) You're not even worth it. (laughs) Yeah, uh, so here we go. So here's a bit more. There's like, here is some GoPro footage, obviously, that was taken directly from, you know, from what they were filming. Mm. Um, So, yeah, so that was the thing. It's another. The the funny thing is actually someone did bring this up with me. They're like, it's interesting how realistically you get towards the end of the film and it becomes kind of irrelevant, the the YouTube footage. Like it, it becomes less and less. Mm. Um and and yeah, that's true. I guess I guess it sort of became more of a logist more of a logistical issue with with obviously then how the story was gonna progress. And and there really isn't any relevance, I suppose. I suppose at the end when Beck and Andy are trying to put out their warning message. It, it's it's a case of kind of the boy who cried wolf a little bit. It's mm. like, you really believe, you know, if you if your favorite YouTuber was telling you tomorrow there's a there's a problem, are you really going to believe nah. them or is yeah. it all a hoax? Because again, they, where's that trust element actually lie with your, mm. your your fan base and stuff? So yeah, I guess that's the last moral message it's trying to bring up with with the social element. Yeah, I guess mm. it wouldn't make too much sense if. Uh they're still filming while there's things trying to kill them. Yeah, and, and that's the thing, again, with a lot of found footage horror films, when you yeah. see them just filming and you're like, oh, come on, any any other person yeah. would down by now. <laughs> yeah, I just, uh, that's that's one of the things I, I take issue with found footage. It's like, why are you still filming? Yeah. Kind yeah, of and thing. it's always the camera operator becomes the most annoying person in those films because you, you, yeah. you're hearing his voice and it's his, obviously, POV. So when the cameraman sort of becomes part of you and he's standing there going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, what do yeah. I do? So they're like, well, you put the camera down and you run. <laughs> like, yeah, it's um, it's not an easy one to do without kind of making you question, like, why are they doing this? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I yeah. could go on and on about it, <laughs> looking at you, paranormal activity. But, I mean, I think in this, like in your film, Matthew, it, like it is justifiable, especially with Andy, since he's filming everything mm. and he wants to kind of show everyone, like all of his fans, like what's going on, even if the situation just gets worse and worse. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's the thing, too, is he kind of loses that ability to prove to anyone really like he hasn't really got any evidence at the end of the day. Like Everything he's got is. Like he he wasn't filming at the right times, so he kind of loses the ability to, I guess, prove himself. Particularly, you know, when we see him later on, where he he's 
trying to almost not take the blame for things. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and I like how she just shot she just shot him down when he's like, "Oh, we've got a fan." It's like, no. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> and then he's like, "But we got to film this." And it's like, "Really? Fuck off, Andy." <laughs> yeah. What's the thing though? I think like Beck is such a relatable character cuz like years ago I would have been like what like both Beck and Andy were at the beginning of this film, like filming everything, just showing everything. And I still do that on occasion, but not as much because I kind of realized, you know, there are some things I kind of would rather keep private and just live more in the moment with rather than just like taking videos or photos and then just putting it out there. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's some things that not everyone needs to see and know. Yeah, I, one big thing for me was I remember years ago when I went to Paris and I got this, you know, and you go up and you see the Eiffel Tower and I was standing there and I got my camera out and I took like, you know, three or four photos. I took some nice stuff that I liked and then I put my camera away and I remember like the tour group that I was with, everyone still had their phones and cameras mm. out and someone turned to me and went, you're not taking any pictures? I went, I did. I've taken them already. I'm going to enjoy it now. And they're like, oh, okay, like shock (laughs) yeah every second of this it's almost like it's almost like now you forget to take in the moment because everybody's busy taking pictures of it yeah yeah i guess i guess in a way i'm kind of thankful that um a lot of the times if you know there's a party or something you know when we didn't have covid um (laughs) you'd i'd often forget to take photos because i was just enjoying the moment (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's it. I, I think it's 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 one of those things where I, I guess yeah, it's always just been a sort of philosophical thing mm. that's floated in my head time and time again. Um and I guess I, I felt like this film in a way was my way of sort of you know, not giving a necessarily straight out answer of what we should do, but at least just raising the sort of ironies of it all. Mm. And and again, like here's here's a girl that's actually needing assistance and you've got someone who's only thinking about himself and how he's gonna you know, mm-hmm. become a hero from the the result of someone else's like who needs needs to be looked after, and it's a, it's not to mention someone who's under you know under eighteen and and um, vulnerable. Yeah, just fuck off, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, one of the things I like about this film, Matthew, is the tone of it. Like, you find a really good balance of having. Mm-hmm. hilarious comedy good satire but still finding moments that can be quite dramatic and also uh intense as well like how did you what was it like trying to find a balance just to make it all work rather rather than having something a film that's full-on comedy or just full-on uh intense um i i don't know i don't really know probably what the right answer is to that i i guess I guess when I'm writing the script again, I'll, I'll sort of look for, like, I, I guess it's my, when I'm writing a script, I'm sort of thinking of it in a similar way of, like, music, mm-hmm. where it's like, okay, where's the where's the beat go here? Where does it, like, where does a, a one-liner need to go or a, a sort of an ironic point need to be made uh, as best as I can? Um, and then, obviously, with the horror, st- I mean, I knew the biggest issue with this film is it's a horror film happening during the day. And that's not mm. usually considered scary. Mm. So I think for me there was this sort of, okay, I don't know if I'll really be able to scare anyone 100%, but if I can just always keep things, again, that momentum moving, that there's just something not quite right and going on, um, 
just yeah I guess just a balancing act of then okay well but we can put some humor here and I guess Beck and Andy were particularly Andy was going to provide a lot more of the humor than any of the other characters so I suppose when you mm. go back to these like uh, watching Marcello here this was always a serious character so he, he was never um yeah I don't know it's a tr it's a tricky one I, I knew that this film was was going to be all daylight and it had to be because of the ending, you know, like mm. from a time period yeah. perspective, it had to be during the day leading up to the evening. So then it became a case of, yeah, how, how are you going to pull off the, the scary bits? And I, I don't know. Like, you know, I, I guess, I guess that's where you just type, hoped you had a balance of if it wasn't scary, at least it was funny. And if it wasn't mm. funny, perhaps it was at least interesting. So I was trying to ways go down something like that. Yeah, I, 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 I just yeah, need to interject I'll, before you continue, yeah. Ben. I've seen the <laughs> most relatable thing in this film, and it was the empty ice cream containers at the sink. <laughs> Everyone does that. It's, like, amazing. But also, I appreciate the fact that you know or have someone in your movie called Marcello, considering my real name is Marcella, ah. and it's a name that never comes up, and it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> But anyway, Pete. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, I did like with uh, Marcello's performance back there. Like, you could see the franticness in trying to put that, you know, mm -hmm. Santa scarecrow back together. Like, he did a really good job. Just like, like you can tell this man is terrified. Yeah. Like in that moment. Yeah, I, I think the thing was again here too. There, there wasn't. I didn't have. Because I just didn't have the equipment, I didn't have a full-blown crew to, 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 to do anything with, it just became a case then when these sort of sequences happened to kind of just make them as punchy as I could or as quick as I mm -hmm. could. I, didn't, I, I knew I couldn't sort of have you sitting there too long waiting in anticipation. Mm -hmm. It had to kind of be fairly fast. Um, otherwise, again, you just get these pockets of, of nothingness, I suppose. So it was really this sort of in-and-out kind of system of... of just go for punchy. Mm. But you're not really, like, bored or anything because... See, that's, that's like, ugh, I don't want to see that. That's a good, like, you know, intense kind of ugh. But, yeah, it actually flows really well, I think. And with, you know, a, a running time that's, you know, shorter than 90 minutes, it sort of gets everything across in that shorter time frame, which I think is good too. Yeah, I, I, I think I, I learned, um, you know, and uh, the, the wise words of someone like Leslie gave me the advice of just keeping it keeping it tight and punchy is, is such a key thing, especially, again, when you're making a no-budget movie because, mm. again, an audience is going to really judge you very quickly on that. They're either going to sit there and they're going to, like, you know, five minutes in and you go, oh, this is going to be a slog, or five minutes in, it's like, okay, it's cheap, I'll accept that, but I'm having fun with it. And I guess that's, oh, that yeah. was the name, yeah. Yeah. Or just the, the usual, say that... keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> well, i got to say, that Santa Claus back there with the clay face was terrifying. Yeah, I don't <laughs> like that. That is creepy. <laughs> He's got, like, a winter coat underneath. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's it, and that one's legit. That one actually is out the front of the neighbor's house right now. I could, I could walk down the road and I could see that one. <laughs> if I were you, I probably wouldn't. 
<laughs> that I, one, I always, you need to avoid it. No. No, I, I would just push it over, then run away. <laughs> That's the thing, like, even that back home, when I was home last, like, back in New South Wales, we don't have Santa Clauses, like, I mean, there's the odd one at some people's houses, but lately, every time I go into town, because my parents live on a property, and you have to drive in the town, and I've noticed over the past year, like, when you go in the town, a lot of trees have teddy bears staked to the trees, like yeah. really big teddy bears, and they've been there for about a year, and every and they're all along there, that road. Mm. And it kind of is that kind of same thing where it's like, like I know they're teddy bears, but the way that they're stuck to a tree, it's just very eerie and creepy, and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. And so watching well, this film kind of reminded me of that. Mm. Yeah, well, I, I think that is, again, it is like Australia in general. Like, we, you go on a, a driving trip around to some places you've never been or a couple, through a couple of towns you've never heard of, and then you pass some of the strangest displays. And, and it's mm. like someone, someone who put it up is thinking, this is a great idea. <laughs> and then you drive past, yeah. you're like, this is, this is, well, that's scary. Or that's just, like, I guess there's a tackiness to it, but the tackiness is what makes it scary. Mm. yeah or even just like (laughs) it's even like really old signs or flyers or something it's just something just weird about it Mm. and Mm. it was it was really funny yesterday I just happened to look up at a sign and I saw stickers on it and it's like research flat earth I'm like um yeah no uh (laughs) I'm like wow people Someone actually made a sticker to put that up on a road sign? Okay. <laughs> but very, very bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, again, it's like, it's it's just, here's Australia for you. You know, you want to see some, <laughs> some what it kind of looks like? Here's a little bit of it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it's very bizarre, especially, like, around where I live, I feel like I'm just a suburb in the middle of nowhere. Right. Which is bizarre. They just put a suburb in the middle of like a field. <laughs> so it's it, it kind of it reminds me a little bit of like kind of that outer living in in Adelaide. But you know, I just have to walk up the road and chances are I'll see a kangaroo. Even though there's houses and stuff, there's still a lot of paddock. Yeah. See yeah. all sorts of stuff out here. And I remember I wouldn't ever see a kangaroo in Adelaide unless you were like out from suburbs and everything it's very bizarre mm. kind of just how it is in this general area <laughs> in in the Melbourne suburbs I think it I think it's ripe for a good horror movie I'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> I think there's uh, like a Matt, vineyard you... like five minutes away that could work yeah. uh Matthew can you tell us about um casting like the townspeople in this film because like I like all the performances that each individual actor gives them as these characters uh, as in like how did i cast them or just yeah like um yeah how did i bring in uh yeah the supporting cast together for this film right mm-hmm. well so obviously beck and andy were the first two i i cast and once i knew who those two were um the dane and carla characters i kind of wanted the reverse of them i wanted two people then that obviously looked very different to beck and andy um, and so that's where you get Carla and Dane from. Um, uh, Dane, obviously, to me, the, the character who we're seeing go inside mm. at the moment, he was more like I sort of saw him as a bit like, you know, in a Western, he'd be kind of like the deputy's 
assistant to the sheriff or something like that who was kind of the person who's keeping everything under control and thinks they're doing the best for the, the, mm-hmm. the community's good. So he's kind of was meant to be a sort of authoritarian but not mm. quite completely in control of the situation. Um, so that's sort of how I saw saw him. And and then Carla, the uh, played by Georgia, is is meant to be quite the opposite in the sense mm. that this is a person who moved to the community, has become involved in the in the problem of this cult, mm. and doesn't really want any part of it. Um, so again, I guess each each of the side characters was meant to have their own sort of little sub quest or, or you know some sort of motivation. And so here you got Georgia trying to tell a friend to get out. Like she's mm. actually trying to put the warning sign up. So mm. again, it's like this is not a bad character, but they're stuck in a bad position. Yeah. Um, yeah, and get, I guess just with casting these people again, I just I didn't know anyone really going into this film. Like that's the thing. I I'd taken a few years off. I'd done other things, but I hadn't done anything for myself. So coming back in and and doing a film was kind of a real reset button for myself where I was bringing in all new people that I'd never mm. worked with before. And, um, and yeah, I mean, the filming process was really good. Everyone got along really well and we got through the shoot quite, you know, without anything really going wrong. So it was, it was refreshing that there was no onset issues, but uh, I definitely went into this, into filming this thinking like this could just be an absolute mess. Uh, it was a, it was a confidence booster making this film for me, <laughs> definitely. Uh, it's it's I'm actually really enjoying enjoying it. Like a, a second time around, I think it's got that kind of watchability. And you know, I'm very jealous that uh, the the Dane character got to slog Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, like I, I, I I knew coming in, I was going to have a lot to say about what a dick Andy. Is. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think I think that was the thing was then the I guess like you know spoilers to anyone who's now is listening to this before they're watching the film, but I mean knowing that Andy was never going to die, it mm. was kind of in a case of well if he's not going to die, he then just has to just suffer, mm. and if that requires him to just get punched in the face several times over, then that's what we'll do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn it, Andy. It's um, it's always good to have that kind of character in a movie because they're memorable. Yeah, yeah, and again, this is where there's sort of the Kurt Russell, Big Trouble, Little China influence. Mm. It's like again, that he does nothing in that movie. He's just kind of a, a bumbling idiot, and this is mm. kind of the same thing. We've got a bumbling idiot here who's just going to take a couple of whacks to the face and, <laughs> and and you know, and is not really that good at saving his girlfriend at the end of the day. Yeah, and he still kind of sees himself as a hero. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, typical, typical yeah. Andy. <laughs> <laughs> and these damn yeah, We are back at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I don't like where, it. Where... Where did you find this tunnel, Matthew? This is in a national park. This is the Belair National Park. And, um, I mean, this is just a tunnel that I remember walking through quite a bit as a kid when you'd go on bushwalks and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it is definitely one of those tunnels where, <laughs> like, I, I would imagine some shady characters occasionally hang out there. So I there was can't. a feeling of, like, Ugh, like even filming there was quite <laughs> a bit of that. <laughs> I just got a jump scare. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I don't like that he's moving. 
Ugh. See? It works. You got a jump scare. <laughs> <laughs> and how did the design for the the main evil stuffing Santa Claus go? Because it is a very unique and original look at that character, especially with just the face. Yeah, well, I, I obviously I wanted to, you know, create my own character as best mm. I could. With, again, with nothing. Um, mm. I suppose originally it just was going to be like a sack on a head, and it sort of looked a bit more like a Jason Voorhees Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. Yeah. Kind of and then it just didn't have anything kind of original going for it. There wasn't, you know, it was it was very easy to just obviously do a similar thing to the Scarecrows and throw a smiley face or something mm. on it. Um. But I, I yeah. Ken, <laughs> even though I knew that was coming. Um, yeah, I, I think the thing was I found some bones of uh, cows, cows' bones, oh. teeth. Yeah, and so its teeth are just these two upside-down cow jaws that are being glued together. Yeah. And I just then thought, well, well, we'll mix that together with with the uh, the. <laughs> yeah. To see what you got there, like it's like a half ragdoll, half like skeleton form thing underneath. It's creepy, and I have to say, props for for uh, the unexpected little kill there, because I don't think we really think the little girl character will, you know, have that happen. But nope. Yeah, and it's <laughs> such a brutal way too, and like you see her getting full on killed. Mm. And that's the thing I thought I was going to get in trouble for the most, and no one's brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> I thought like killing kids was really off limits, and now I and now that the fact that it doesn't really get brought up that much, I mean, it is. I think it is kind of disturbing to watch. Even when I edited it together, I was like, ooh, like that. Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and you put the lullaby over the top of it, and it's like, ooh. Yeah, um, I will have to admit that because watching this film the first time, I think, oh, there's some really funny moments, and when you get to her depth, I'm like, this is really disturbing. I don't yeah. know how I can take this. And it's very unexpected <laughs> because you don't expect that character to get killed. Yeah. Um, so and, I say props for doing that. It's, uh, and, it's you, and you set it up pretty well because earlier in the movie, we see that Andy, like the car was locked. He thinks, oh, it's unlocked, I'll lock it. But it unlocks the car. And then mm. when, the, when uh, the killer comes in, of course, he's in the front seat, so that makes mm. sense why he was able to get into the car. Yeah. So you yeah. set it up pretty well at the very beginning there. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of little foreshadowing-y bits, actually, that happen. If you, Even George's character here pulling up to get back, uh, mm. just prior... Oh, no, I think she... No, I don't think she said the line yet, but when she encounters Dane the next time, she's going to make the <laughs> remark of, uh, get out of my way or I'll run you over. Mm. <laughs> so you know little subtle hints like that are, are there um and yeah so I, I i don't know i i guess there is i do i mean i love that in script writing you know my, my background was when i was at uni i i specialized in script writing so those little like mm. foreshadowing moments i just i love that i love when you can give give the audience something that they can remember from the the start and they're like oh oh that, yeah. that happened yeah and the other relatable thing in this film is uh, the wearing of the scrunchie as a bracelet. Oh, right. <laughs> I was just thinking to myself, I was doing that, like, before we did this. <laughs> it's the I little touches I like. 
<laughs> yeah, I think Georgia just did that on her own accord. I think I, the one thing I said to all the characters was I wanted them to all be wearing a little bit of red. Mm. So most of them do. I think there's one or two characters that don't have any red on them. But um, Georgia obviously took my advice and then just put the, the red scrunchie She's got on the there. scrunchie. Yeah. Then you've got, like, Beck and Andy's T-shirts. You've got the red hat. Yeah. Uh, Isabella yeah, was wearing, like, a little red. She's got the uh, red top. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and Dane's got the red. Yeah, the red hat. The and, red um, hat. Yeah. So everyone, and that was the thing too. I think just adding in the dashes of red, again, just was like because obviously it's not looking very Christmassy, but by just keeping the red in there, it's like oh yeah, it's around Christmas. So yeah, I don't think you need to go overboard. As, no. as we saw with um <laughs> the movie we did for Two Be Tuesdays. On our previous episode, A Karate Christmas Miracle, they went way overboard <laughs> with the Christmas. It's like, why does this lady have Christmas decorations on her desk? <laughs> it was kind of ridiculous. <laughs> and not even just a little bit. So it's like her full, it was like an entire house worth of Christmas decorations in her office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, this is creepy. All those dudes there, it's creepy. It's like, it's almost like Reservoir Dogs with the creepy Santa stuffed Santas or something. Yeah. I I particularly like the one in the background who's just sitting up like that guy in the meme. It's like, I don't always stay yeah. up all night drinking beer. <laughs> but when I do... But when I he's do... He's my favourite one out of all of them. Because that's the way he sits in his chair. <laughs> and my cat does that too, for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Oh jeez. I kind of want to go on a farm, but not a creepy farm. Like <laughs> <laughs> and and she's also got the red they've had a few red cars too. Mm. And red motorbikes, yeah. see, I'm picking up on all the reds now. Yeah, yeah, now the little dashes of red are popping <laughs> up. So, even though I didn't really put, you know, I, I again I didn't put a hundred of percent of my focus into production design because a lot of stuff was just what's insane was insane. But I definitely had that sort of self-awareness of trying to put some red in where I could, um, mm. which, yeah, that was just a little thing. Um, again, because I, I, I guess it's very, it's very tricky when you, you know, you're making a film and you don't have extra hands because you just, mm. you're not, you're not able to set design or anything like that. Mm. You really just, you might move a few things around, but you're really just like, I mean, in the writing process too, it's like writing to the locations that I yeah. need accessible. As opposed yeah. to trying to write something where it was like you're gonna have to go out on arm, like you know, fork out your credit card or do something that was gonna be costly. Mm. But I like, you know, most of the locations just look really good. Like I don't think you really needed to have done anything. It just, it's a very natural look. It doesn't look staged, which I think helps a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I guess it's just here. It is. This is this is the Adelaide Hills, and mm. and I suppose because Beck and Andy were gonna sort of show you that from from there. Mm. GoPro footage and everything, it was like, well, keep it keep it just very natural anyway. Keep it as it is. Yeah, I think it really works. Although I think it's I, I gotta, in the bin. I got I gotta ask about a few. Outside of the, the main evil stuffing Santa Claus, which out of these ones here is your particular favorite design? Oh At least, which one um, is your favorite out of these ones? I mean the one with the, the bloodshot eyes is very cool. <laughs> um 
I do like the one there, uh, the one with the big teethy sort of grin because it's yeah. sort of Tim Burton-y. It reminded me of like something yeah. out of a Tim Burton film a bit. Yeah. I, um, I like the one with the, just the mask on it, the creepy yeah. like, baby mask. What the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn I it, you had face... Andy right there. You could have done away with him. <laughs> <laughs> Still not quite there. <laughs> like it probably slight spoilers, but I like when you cut away from when the the wrench is about to hit him because I thought the next time you come back the wrench was gonna be sticky out of his head, but no, it just landed on his head and knocked him out. And I thought, damn it! <laughs> but uh, but my favorite uh, Santa Claus back there was the one that looked like an owl, just like two black eyes and yeah. a little bit of a. Oh a, yeah. That one looked very creepy to me. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I thought they all, I mean, collaboratively, that was kind of paid off better than it was meant to, that scene, because I did not have, that was a very, we had to quickly shoot that really quickly, because mm-hmm. that was quite a hot day. So those people did mm-hmm. not want to be underneath there for oh, long. Oh, God, no. I've been in, like, a tin shed on a 46-degree mm. day in the middle of nowhere. I but love that these two just sitting there with their bubbly, and it's like, oh, we're going to sacrifice you. This is sort of the, like, I told the girls here to sort of do an evil Kath and Kim. Yeah. <laughs> now that you say that, I, I can never get that uh, scene out of my head now. But I, <laughs> I do have to ask as well, after, back to the red scene, how disappointed was the audience when they, you cut back to Andy and, like, the he was just knocked out rather than killed by the red? <laughs> um, yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I think everyone was just at this point in the time of the of the movie. No, you still, people still weren't quite sure what we, where we were all leading up to, where this was all going. So I suppose they weren't one hundred percent sure what was happening with Andy at this point, if he was alive or not. So um, <laughs> I feel really bad. It feels like I'm bagging on the actor, but no, he did a great job. It's just the character. I'm just yeah, like making I'm not, fun of. Saying it's the actor, he's he just he plays it so well. <laughs> I, I'd liken it to like you know a wrestling character like The Miz. He plays a very unlikable character, and we all say we want to you know hit The Miz, but in real life he's you know a normal, not a normal person, but he's you know not a dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Andy's like the one you're loving to hate, yeah, and his performance is just so spot on. This this bit here got a huge reaction actually. Everyone, this sort of summed Andy up. <laughs> mm-hmm. And but that's so true. Like I think the thing that makes that funny is, like, there's so often now where, you, you know, it's it's almost silly when you say to someone, "Oh, how does this work?" Because you can mm. just you can just YouTube now how certain things work. So I again, think it was sort of, started. Yeah, it was another one of those sort of again an in joke on on social media and everything, it's like, well, yeah. here's a character that has to rely on on it all yeah. now to get things done in the real world. Yeah, it, it reminds me of my other half who will ask me literally anything that he could Google himself. And I <laughs> give him, a, you know, I give him my death stare and I'm like, do I look like Google to you? <laughs> well, don't worry. I'm guilty of, like, going on YouTube to find out how to work something a couple of months back. With yeah, my but you're not asking friends. people. You're doing it yourself, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, well, it was like because um, I was with my brother and sister-in-law and we had like a, a pram that they'd never used before and we are like, how do we unhook it to get it up? And I'm like, give me a second. I'll go on YouTube and find it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I mean, it, it, it's a great tool. You just got to use it correctly <laughs> with YouTube, you know. Yes. The uh, the song here too, We uh, when I got to the sort of editing the climax of the movie or, mm. you know, this sort of final chase, I, um, I didn't want to, like, it just felt kind of flat just having sort of orchestral music there. I was mm-hmm. sort of sitting there thinking, oh, it needs something kind of fun. Mm. And that's where I found that. Christmas uh, song and paid the I didn't have to pay much for it either actually to get the rights to that and um, I just slapped it on and I was like oh this song works so well so that's mm. kept a bit more of that lighter tone too because I knew the climax was not going to have anything you know we weren't going to blow up cars or anything yeah. like that it was going to be a small <laughs> chase sequence so I thought mm. the music there changing it up would, would help kind of make it again uh, a bit more interesting. yeah <laughs> no it is good I do like it <laughs> But I'm just, I'm actually just so amazed at, like, how much you managed to achieve with, you know, uh, basically, I guess it was just you, the actors mostly, and you, you know, obviously didn't have a massive budget for yourself. Like, it's incredible. And again, we've watched movies much higher budgets, and they don't look nearly this good. (laughs) Again, no offense to those people. <laughs> know what they did. <laughs> yeah, I, again, I think I think it's just it, it was about trying to to keep it punchy in the editing here as quickly mm-hmm. as you could to to just make sure that each, something was sort of happening in each shot to some degree. Um, Mm. Again, I think it really comes down to what you write at the start. Like, if you don't have your Beck and Andy characters there or something, you know, not saying it's got to be Beck and Andy, but, like, if you don't have these sort of journey people that you're going to go off with in this sort of situation, then then a lot of the, sort of the... Because, the, again, I feel like people who like my film are forgiving me at the same time, too, for the faults mm. in the film. And but because they're forgiving me because they're actually having fun with it as opposed yeah. to this is a drag... Yeah, there's, there's, I think there's a big difference. Like, you could make the world's crappiest movie on Mm. a technical level, but if it's massively enjoyable, at the end of the day, I think that's the point. Yeah, oh, thank you. I don't think think (laughs) things have to be, you know, the absolute best, but I'm not saying this is the worst movie, not not by far, but just as a point, if you're looking at, um, I guess, with movies like The Room that are known for not being great, Mm. um. But it doesn't matter that the, the dialogue's horrible, the acting's horrible in that case. It's fun to watch. Mm, mm, and I think I don't think you need the biggest of budgets to just make something that's quite enjoyable. Yeah. That's it. It it's proves that point pretty much, that it's, you know, you don't have the biggest budget, but it's really enjoyable. Yeah. It. I think I think the thing is it definitely is a case of, um, you know, what can I make out of nothing? basically mm. and and so even when even when you sort of see reviews of your film and they're you know they're quite critical of the the low budget aspect it's kind of like i can forgive that like if i read mm. a review and they didn't like the film because of the the mm. budgetary restraints that's fine like i get that that's something you either can mm. handle or you can't handle um so so i'm kind of always fairly fine with the, that sort of criticism mm. when it comes along it doesn't phase me is like you know when, I, when you see say your film's imdb ratings or something if it's low but it's it's low because the criticism is in the budget that's that's completely understandable mm. um 
And I knew, and the thing is too, you, you, you got to go in as a filmmaker when you're making a film on this scale, knowing those limitations exist and knowing you're not going to create, you know, a Ben-Hur or a Titanic yeah. or anything like that. That's completely out of your reach. So just do what's in, which is what is in your reach to get it done. I love these shots of Adelaide in the background. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Very just like, and, and uh, you know, if people haven't really been to Adelaide, Adelaide, the city, like the CBD itself, the buildings are so short mm. because the airport is so close to the city. You can't run that risk. And it just, mm. it always, like even living there, just noticing how short buildings are <laughs> in the city, it just, it always is so weird because as a kid, you know, you'd watch movies and there'd be skyscrapers. And it's like Adelaide just doesn't have that. It's yeah. such an intriguing city in that in that regard. But um yeah, the film's kind of wrapping up with how just <laughs> fucked up ending. <laughs> but I, now Matthew, was there any particular like inspirations you took for this, like for this ending? Because it is a pretty dark ending you go with, and in a way, kind of reminds me a little bit of like Halloween free uh, season of the witch, where it ends on a very dark, bleak uh, tone. Yeah, um, I definitely wanted to have a, a bleak ending in some way, and and yeah, Halloween three is definitely an inspiration there. Um, even like the mist, um, mm. the ending to that. Um, I I kind of felt like it needed, and this is why a lot of certain things in the plot had to play out to mm. this point. Like the thing is, that Beck and Andy are gonna survive this, but they have to because ultimately Beck was meant to be a sacrifice and if she died, then yeah. that, that ending would not have happened. So Yeah, so this is kind of like the aftermath of, you know, messing this thing up and then, oh, a bunch of kids died. Oh. Yeah, and here's, and here's Andy justifying that it's not his fault. Like, yeah. It's still about him. Him. He doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I'm going to appear in the camera with my blue eyes, with my duct tape on my T-shirt. Yeah. Which I think is a great touch. <laughs> it's hilarious. Yeah. Well, you kind of needed to sum him, I mean, needed to sum up that relationship somehow. And if at the end of the day he's going to survive it, he's just going to end up a, a miserable person on the couch <laughs> who has yeah. no girlfriend now. It's <laughs> been blamed for everything that's gone wrong. I think this, this like, kind of ending credit bit is actually really, really funny. Like, this is so, like, our kind of humour. Right. I think that this, I think the way that you've gone about everything and the re, I think part of the reason why I actually really enjoyed it is that it kind of fits my own sense of humour and, um, you know, things I can appreciate in films. Why I left Andy. Yes. <laughs> is he's the most hated person on the internet? Yes, he is. Yes, that's the correct answer is yes. <laughs> and the dead kid becomes internet sensation. I'm actually... Yeah. and how i tried to escape a cult and failed (laughs) and dating tips with dane yeah each of these ones sort of ties in with the character a little bit in some way so like it's so just our kind of stupid humor (laughs) and and i think you know actually with doing to be tuesdays because we do try to find like very bizarre and off-kilter films, you really appreciate the whole what we're talking about with budgets. Like, it doesn't need a massive, nothing needs a massive budget to still be enjoyable. Mm. And we've watched some things that, are, are, you know, a lot of people would classify, yeah, that was kind of shit, but 
uh, with us, we're like, no, I can actually appreciate because I don't think the ship is actually going to be the top. Yeah, I, I think that's it. Like, if you can if you can sit someone down and you can show them a film and they pay attention the whole way through and, and you had nothing to work with in order to, to get that done, I think it's a huge credit. And again, like, I mean, in the reverse, you could look at a big blockbuster film that's filled with CGI and it just, some of it just bores me to tears. It's like, well, you lost me. Yeah. So I think it's, it's, it is, you know, I suppose where I have to occasionally remind myself to pat yourself on the back is to say, well, hang on, you didn't have the luxury that everyone else had, but you still found ways of keeping people interested. And that's the main, yeah. you know, that's, we're, I mean, I have to remind myself, I'm trying to make beer and popcorn movies at the end of the day, and that's mm. fine. <laughs> I, I like that you credited the sheet. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was lovely. And um, yeah, I, I definitely recognize some of like being in like Bel Air or, you know, that kind of stuff. It, yeah, it's just a lot of memories with some stuff, just Adelaide. Yeah. <laughs> and I do like at the end of the film, you have a whole uh, gag reel at the end it's of the, the gag uh, reel. film. <laughs> I thought, well, yeah, I felt like, why not? Like, let's show people legitimately what was going on. So this kind of gives you the best look at kind of a little behind the scenes, but also just some some goofs. But yeah, this really just shows how raw the process was. You know, again, it's just me with a camera most of the time. And, and yeah. there was a lot of laughing, obviously. So I just thought, let's throw some in so people can see what the vibe was like. I, I don't know how. I, I wouldn't have been able to keep a straight face trying to be in a Santa suit to attack Andy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, well, the, the thing is, too, those people in the Santa suits, they couldn't see out of them. So yeah. they were completely blind as to what they were grabbing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's, um, no, it's, it's actually just like, you know, it's just a fun, enjoyable, Adelaidean uh, film. <laughs> and again, I think I think you know, especially that us in Victoria have probably gone through most of the things than anyone else in this country. Mm. I'm not taking a shot at anyone. We've been locked down. We had so much lockdown, and obviously so ma- so much time on our hands that I think this kind of period of I don't know, reflection. Uh, we've watched a lot of movies and have so much appreciation for just how much goes into, you know, smaller productions with, mm. you know, trying to watch all sorts of different things. So I think it's yeah. given us it also, perspective now. Oh, scratching his thumb. And <laughs> also, uh, Matthew, you, you picked an untapped source because there's only very few Australian Christmas fi- horror films as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I guess that's the thing. I, and I didn't even go out of my, like, I didn't go looking. I knew that if I went looking, I might run into something that would kind of perhaps inspire me to do something similar like that. So I, I didn't even search Australian Christmas films because I wanted to sort of make sure I was keeping to my own sort of original mm. plot. Um, yeah, look, I guess it's just one of those films that, uh you know, it was fun to make, and and I think the thing is, it's now led me to to get back into a few other things. Now it sort of had that flow on effect, where um, you know, hopefully the next stuff I do is is a bit, um, perhaps a little bit more polished is the term I'd use. But ultimately, um, it's it's definitely opened a few doors up with people approaching me for other things. So it's been, it it was like you know, I went into this film with no real expectations and no idea what the outcome really was going to mm. be 
and it's done kind of you know in a humble sort of way it's it's done everything i needed it to and and um and i'm i'm grateful for it i guess well it might become sort of like a uh a Christmas in July movie, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because we'll be missing like the warm weather, and it's you know set in summer. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, just like, <laughs> and I like how we've got the showing them filming is like the phone, the ring light, the green screen. It's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Just and just uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's your movie. Yeah, that's your movie. We've actually we managed to hopefully not offend uh, our guests while watching their movie for this podcast. <laughs> no, actually, I I uh, I thought you were all you were both very uh, very um, optimistic about it all. Like <laughs> 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 you said, they're groaning like, "Oh, we're gonna watch this again." I <laughs> know oh, that would have been if we had to watch Santa and the Ice Cream Bunny again. <laughs> Yes. I'm, I still haven't forgiven Bede for making us watch that one. <laughs> yes. I, I'm technically still fired from the show because of that film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, wow, what a what an amazing way to um, cap off 2021 with actually doing a 2B Tuesdays with the person who made the movie. <laughs> amazing. Uh we cannot thank you enough for actually just coming on and um, doing this with us. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, no, thank you. It's 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 fun to actually. I've never done this either, where I've sat down with strangers of all things to, to sit down <laughs> and talk about your film. You know, when you when you got a friend next to you or something, you can kind of break it down in a in a very different way. So it's 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 a good experience. Actually. Yeah, thank you. Well, I'm glad it was a good experience. I think we're slightly worried maybe it wouldn't be, but um, <laughs> I'm glad it is. And, of course, um, people can keep an eye out for Stuffings to be on Tubi, and it is available on other platforms through Bounty in Australia. So, yeah, um, I I certainly hope that people um, check it out and uh, look up your other stuff. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. You, you might have to send us a copy so we can watch it. Photography, <laughs> <laughs> send it. I, I, I think you can find most of my stuff somewhere around the place. Like, if, I, I think Amazon's got a couple of my films, and um, yeah, there, there are other places of finding my stuff. It is, it is out there sprinkled in different yeah. formats. Well, but, yeah. well, Matthew, before I even we started recording, I was like looking up your previous work, and I realized I actually, I believe, I have one of your films in my collection. Oh, and that's a Nullabore Nymph. Right, you've yeah, got the DVD. I, I got the DVD because Marcy and I, outside of Two B Tuesdays, we have an exploitation podcast, and I do believe I bought that as a uh, as research for an upcoming episode a couple of years from now because we're literally going through from the Every very beginning month. till today. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so in about three or four years, when we get to it, we'll ask you to come and guest on the show and talk yes. about your movie. <laughs> Well, if there's anything I'm going to say about the, the Nullarbor Nymph is is that you'll see the similarities in the process of filmmaking that you see here. And that was the thing. I had to – a lot of stuffings was taken from the way I did the Nullarbor Nymph. Um, mm. So, yeah, and that's – like, because that, again, is a is a similar situation of not knowing anyone. Um, I, mm. You know, I lived out on the Nullarbor Plain in Sejuna. No one made films no one out there. there. and 
People barely live there. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so a similar situation when you get around to the Nullarbor Nymph, actually, you'll uh, yeah, see something quite similar. <laughs> well, I think if we've enjoyed this one, I'm pretty sure we'll probably have nice things to say about that one. <laughs> when we eventually get to it. On that podcast, we're still in the, like, what, mid-70s? So it'll be a while. Yes. When you're covering every single Ausploitation movie ever. Mm, yeah, yeah, that's a big... Big task there. Yeah. There's like five Mm. movies every episode, which is once a month. So it's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Dedicated to our craft. Um, (laughs) But yes. We would like to thank Matthew for being on the show with us and putting up with our shenanigans. Please check out everything you need to know about stuffings and give their Facebook page a like at facebook.com slash stuffings movie. And you can also check out bountyentertainment.com.au or the Bounty Facebook page for more information. Uh, Stuffings is available on North American digital HD internet cable satellite platforms and the rest of the world, such as Australia, It is available on Google Play, YouTube Movies, Microsoft Store, and obviously, as we said, coming soon to Tubi TV and Prime Video. So be sure to check all those out and show some love to this uh, very awesome movie. Indeed, indeed. And I hope all of our our listeners will enjoy the film as much as we do. But I have a feeling they will. I mean, if they're listening to this show and and they at least like most of the movies we've discussed, We've talked about on the show. I have a pretty good feeling they'll have a blast with this one. Yes, I think so too. And it's high, it comes highly recommended from us. And as usual, you can find us at supermarcy.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the super network, or you can join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash the super network group. You can find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash SM underscore super network. You can email all your hate mail to bead at the super network SM at gmail.com. <laughs> and you can find us on the Instagram at uh, instagram.com slash the dot super dot network. You can find us on TikTok at the super network. And you can also look up the super network or super Marcy or bead your mind on YouTube and find our YouTube channel there as well and you can of course find the Tubi Tuesdays on all your major podcast streaming platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Good Pods, Podchaser, Deezer, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, we are everywhere so please check all that out and for me personally you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash supermarcy or you can find me on Letterboxd at super underscore Marcy. Feed, where can people find you this week? If people want to find me personally, they can find me at my Twitter page at twitter.com slash or my Letterbox account at letterbox.com slash And, of course, you can find all my work over at supermarcy.com with all my reviews and columns. And also, uh, we have an, a little announcement, we should say. We kind of already hinted about this on a previous episode. But uh, for episode 50 of the 2B Tuesdays podcast, we're going to do a live episode of the show, which uh, you can everyone can watch on Discord. And uh, we have a really awesome movie we've picked out for that one. I think all of our listeners are going to love that we're going to do this film. Yes, but more details to come after the release of this episode. 
So please tune in to our next episode with more information once we have confirmed everything. But 2022, we are definitely going to be kicking off To Be Tuesdays with a massive bang with a live episode that you can all watch with us. So stay tuned for that, everybody. And uh, until next time, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye, everybody. See you, everyone. Bye. To Be Tuesdays podcast is proudly sponsored by Surfshark VPN. Why would you have a VPN in this day and age? Well, a lot of people are quite concerned about tracking and their online privacy, and using a VPN ensures that you are safe and secure online. Surfshark VPN provides a lot of extra added layers of security, as well as ad blocker and a kill switch if your information is ever compromised. The other added bonus of having a fantastic VPN with Surfshark is if a movie we're watching on the To Be Tuesdays podcast is not available in your country, you can switch on that VPN, go to the country that it is in and watch the movie. Surfshark VPN also allows you to do this on other streaming platforms where if you're missing some content in that library, you can turn this on and have a look at what else is on offer. Surfshark VPN is one of the most reliable and cheapest of the VPNs out there with up to 81% off offer when you subscribe for 24 months. Please use the link surfshark.deals/supernetwork to take advantage of this amazing deal. Thank you, Surfshark. Surfy Shark, do 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 do. Surfy Shark, do 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 do. Now back to the To Be Tuesdays podcast.